0: Lock on. Lock on. Lock 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 on. Lock lock
1: lock on. Lock, lock, on. lock on cowboy. Welcome back to the ultimate NFC East crossover edition of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, I'm joined today by Patricia Trainer of Locked On Giants, Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles and Chris Russell of Locked On Redskins to talk about the Dallas Cowboys in 2019 and going forward into the 2020 season. Uh, let's go ahead and first start with the big news out of Dallas. The Cowboys made a coaching change uh, going from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy. I'm curious to hear what your guys' opinion was of that move. Uh Patricia, let's start with you. Uh, you guys actually hired Jason Garrett. Uh, what were your feelings on the, the Cowboys moving on from Garrett and hiring McCarthy?
2: I guess I was surprised. I mean, well, maybe not so much surprised because, you know, Jason Garrett had been there as the head coach for 10 years, if I'm not mistaken. I think he had been the offensive coordinator for a few years thereafter. And, really, he never really got them over the hump. Now, is that because he didn't have the talent? Is it because he got stale with what he was doing? Um, I think it could have been a combination of the, of all of the above. And, you know, with Mike McCarthy, you know, he's, he's a proven winner. He's won the Super Bowl. Um he has he runs a system that I think might be a better fit for the talent down there in Dallas, especially on offense. So I'm very curious to see how it all comes together.
0: Uh you know, I'll jump in here for um uh, this is Chris Russell from Lockdown Redskins. I I mean I I I, I think you know McCarthy probably got a bad rap a little bit in green bay everybody's always going to side with the with the star quarterback i think right but we all know how prickly aaron rodgers can be so i think mccarthy uh sitting back kind of taking that year off to recharge his battery spend some time with his family uh i know in talking to a buddy of mine jim Hazlitt. Who spent some time with him over the offseason, you know, they went to Cincinnati, or, you know, where Hazlitt was kind of based, uh, and they had all these, you know, film sessions and they talked about the league and they studied the league and they watched film of the league and they met with pro football focus and they did some analytics stuff to, you know, better prepare each one of those guys that were in those think tank sessions and specifically McCarthy for the green, for the, you know, Dallas situation. You know, I, I, I think. You live and you learn, right? You, you, you understand how to be a, how to fix things maybe that you did wrong that have been kind of gnawing at you. So I, I'm always like one of these, you know, I'd rather hire a recycled head coach. If you would call McCarthy a recycled head coach, I wouldn't because he's had an opportunity to learn and process what he did right and what he did wrong over a successful run, a largely successful run in Green Bay.
3: Yeah, look, I don't know. I mean, for me, I don't hate the the hire. It wasn't one that I think is going to really excite a lot of people. And maybe that's what surprised me, that Jerry Jones – didn't go for, or maybe he did, who knows, but, like, again, this isn't a, a hire that's going to kill the team, for sure. Mike McCarthy, like you guys said, a proven winner. He's won a Super Bowl. He's worked with some great quarterbacks, of course, like Aaron Rodgers. I just, I was expecting heading into the offseason, like, okay, Jerry Jones going to go all in for uh, a Lincoln Riley, right, or, or an Urban Myers. So, I don't know, I was maybe yeah. a little bit surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Jones kind of went with the, I don't want to call it a safe move, but he kind of made the... I don't know, not like a crazy big splash.
1: Well, I was going to say, the the reason why he went with a McCarthy rather than one of those, you know, Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley, is he Mm -hmm. felt like this team wasn't that far away. They didn't need to rebuild this entire roster. They just felt like they needed to retool. And that's, for the most part, I agree, because this team was a very talented team who, you know, they they basically had a playoff game against Philadelphia in Week 16, and they just weren't able to get their the, the players up for it. So, um, you know, they they believe with a couple tweaks on offense and some, maybe some scheme changes on defense, they can be right back in the playoffs and be a contender in the NFC. Do you guys see that as a possibility with the Cowboys as soon as 2020?
2: Absolutely. I mean, now their Cowboys have some questions that they have to resolve. For example, what are they going to do with Dak Prescott? That contract is hanging over their heads. Are hmm. they going to be able to afford Amari Cooper? That's hanging over their head. And I think those are significant questions. And if I'm not mistaken, don't they have another one of, another one of their receivers as a free agent? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Randall so, Cobb's a free agent Rob, as Randall well. Cobb. So they have some decisions to make. You know, the core of the team is going to be, I think, in place for the most part, but it's these these additional players that, you know, are kind of the, the decorative part, if you, if you will, that they have to make decisions on, and I don't know if they're going to have enough resources to accommodate everybody.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I would say this. Uh, again, I, I think when you have the kind of talent that the Dallas Cowboys have, and we all recognize that they have talent, to me, it does, even though there's going to be some changes and there's going to, and Patricia just kind of talked about them. So for the sake of, of time, I'm not going to, you know, kind of reemphasize them, but there are going to be changes to, right? Each one of our squads that we cover on a daily basis, there are certainly going to be changes to the Dallas Cowboys. But when you're this talented, for the most part, when your core is that Uh, um, tied up and and invested, and and for the most part, invested well. I I think all it takes is a little tweak here and a tweak there. You don't have a massive salvage operation here. You don't have a massive blow up operation. Even the Redskins don't have that coming off of a three-win year. Certainly the Cowboys don't have it. So I think if Mike McCarthy truly knows what, again, he did right, what he did wrong in Green Bay, how, you know, and of course the the situation with Dak Prescott remains to be seen how they handle that. I mean, I don't see him going anywhere, but I guess there's this wacky Michael Urban uh, rumor as we discuss this, you know, I, I just think it's not going to take a whole lot to get the Cowboys going in the right direction.
3: No, I'm with you. I think they're very talented across the board. It's just a, they are in a weird spot because they have a lot of decisions to make on some core pieces like Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, you know, Byron Jones on the other side as well. And you bring in a new head coach, but If they are, for the most part, what they were last year still with that offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott, I I think they're going to be right in the fold. I don't think the NFC – the NFC is – there's a lot of teams that are normally in the hunt, but there aren't – it isn't a, a conference where I'm like, all right, here are the top six, and boom, Dallas just has no opportunity. As long as there's not major turnover where Dak Prescott is elsewhere and Amari Cooper is elsewhere, they're going to be playing, you know, for the NFC East late in the season just like they normally are. So it, it is a unique spot, though, because they do have some decisions to make on which guys they want to financially commit to.
2: Hey, Marcus, I want to ask you, uh, speaking of which, Michael Irvin apparently has uh <laughs> said that he might – that he heard that maybe there was a possibility of Dak moving on and uh Tom Brady coming in. I mean,
1: I, I found that to be I just –
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was like, whoa, man, that, that would be something. I mean, what are you hearing about that?
1: Yeah, so the, the truth of the story is Michael Irvin was in Miami uh for the Super Bowl, and he was around some former Dallas Cowboys who – uh, I, I wouldn't say have a role to team, but are close to Jerry Jones. And they were more, uh, theorizing the potential of the Cowboys doing a move like that. Uh, I can tell you inside the Cowboys front office, that's absolutely not a conversation they have. Uh, Mike McCarthy s- took this job because he believes he can turn Dak Prescott into an elite quarterback. Um, that's just not something that's not very realistic. It's a fun, a fun story to talk about in the beginning of February when there's nothing else going mm-hmm. on. Uh, but it's not something I, I anticipate happening at all. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and we're actually going to talk a little bit about Dak Prescott and his future with the Dallas Cowboys. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, No more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct. So they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. When you use our promo code NFL, just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right. We are back here at the ultimate NFC East crossover edition of the locked on Cowboys, locked on Giants, locked on Eagles and locked on Redskins podcast. Um, I want to talk about Dak Prescott from a uh, perspective from the, the division rivals. Um, it's pretty clear here in Dallas that the Cowboys are going to give Prescott an extension worth, you know, pr- probably $35, $36 million. Um, Patricia, we'll start with you. As a Giants fan, does that seem too expensive for Prescott? Uh, How do you feel about the Cowboys potentially locking up uh, Prescott for the foreseeable future?
2: Hey, I say go for it. I mean, if the Giants can upgrade their talent to where they're not letting quarterbacks like Dak Prescott run wild and have all that day back there to throw – Go ahead, spend that salary cap money. That's less money you're going to have to keep your, <laughs> your talent down the line and get other other pieces. But, but no, seriously, I mean, Dak Prescott is an interesting uh, player. He, he You know, he's developed. He's come a long way. I'm still not so sure, with all apologies to Cowboys fans here, but I'm still not so sure they can go all the way with him. But uh, certainly, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what effect Mike McCarthy has on him and and how his system brings the most out of uh, Prescott.
0: I'll jump in here on on, on a Redskins perspective. I mean, guys, you know, that again can extend the play like Tony Romo used to just break the backs of the Washington Redskins time and time and time again until they just found a way on that Monday night game back in 2014 to just – Send heat seeking missiles at him and just beat him to a pulp. Uh, you know, they have not been able to get that necessarily, that beat on Dak Prescott. He always finds a way to, much like Carson Wentz against the Redskins, and maybe this is just more the Redskins than Carson Wentz andor Dak Prescott, he just finds a way to beat their coverage and break them down on a third and 12 when you, you know, you're putting all sorts of pressure on him, or he'll sneak out the back door, you know, or they'll run a play action boot in the red zone. And he just finds a way again to, to kind of break their backs a little bit. So to me, I, I, you know, I've always been of the thought, look, uh, (laughs) do I want to pay my quarterback $35 million a year uh and the requisite salary cap hits. No, I, I don't want to do that. But we all, I think, understand, I, I, at least I, I, I think we all understand, that you cannot win with a bad quarterback. Absolutely. You cannot win with a mediocre quarterback. I don't think on a consistent basis and especially when you get in the playoffs I think Tennessee you know kind kind of sort of eventually found that out right when they ran into a brick wall against Kansas City because Tannehill couldn't do anything to me like Dak Prescott is a good quarterback he's not a great quarterback but I'd rather have a good quarterback even if I'm overpaying.
3: Yeah I agree I'm one of the guys that As long as I don't have an elite quarterback, I'm always going to keep looking for one that's easier said than done because, you know, Chris, like you said, if you don't even have a good one, odds are sustained success is just not possible. So it's kind of an interesting spot with Dak Prescott. Like, you know, you look at Kirk Cousins in Minnesota with how strong that roster is. That's a spot that I would eventually, if I'm Minnesota, I would get and want one upgrade. Same with San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo. Those are guys I think you can win with. I don't know if they're guys you can always win because of. I think Dak Prescott is, I don't think he's a top-tier quarterback, but I don't think he's certainly in that category either. I mean, there were some games this year against Philadelphia, didn't throw a touchdown at 56% completion percentage, against the Bears, against the Patriots. There were games this year where he struggled in big moments, but for the most part, I love having a a quarterback that can run, that can extend plays, and when you know it's hard to really complain when a guy throws for almost 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns and with just 11 picks. So I I don't want to say I think Dak Prescott's Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, in that kind of category, the Teddy Bridgewater's of the world, but I also don't think he's quite to the level of a a tier one quarterback yet. Maybe, and who knows? He could get to that point, but I don't know. That that's kind of where my head's at with Dak Prescott.
2: Yeah, and here's me, something, go
1: ahead, no, Patricia. No,
2: go I ahead. Saying, uh, th- the thing to remember with quarterbacks, and this is the argument that I made a lot, and I know Giant fans, a lot of them didn't agree with me on this, but what is the role of the quarterback? To throw the ball. He's not a runner. You don't want a guy who, you know, can't read defenses as well, and so he compensates for taking on, you know, taking off with the ball and whatnot he's got to be able to read defenses he's got to be able to throw the ball and you know Dak Prescott has done a better job at that he's he's gotten better at that but you know I just think sometimes that people get they fall too in love with the mobile quarterbacks and they you know because they're exciting and they can you know run the ball and they're they're up there in the rushing yard leaders but the but the end of the day they have to be able to throw the ball and they have to be able to make plays with their arms
1: yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll finish up with this. Um, you know, one of the things that you need to have in a young quarterback is you need to play well against your division. Uh, and while there's certainly been games for Prescott, uh, you know, you can point to the Eagles game this year, the, the, basically the play-in game that he hasn't played well. For the most part, he's done an excellent job. Uh, 18 and mm-hmm. six in his 24 games in the division, uh, 45 total touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Uh, he's just played well in this division. And the hope is with bringing in M- Mike McCarthy, uh, maybe upgrading the wide receiver e- position even a little bit more. Uh, maybe with a healthier offensive line, they can get him to take that next step. Again, he's, he's a pretty young quarterback. He's only 26 years old. They believe with some better coaching, they can get him to that next level where, okay, now that he is being paid more, you know, a higher salary, he can carry a little bit more of the team, uh, rather than what maybe he did as a rookie or as a second year player. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: while you're certainly going to have to pay him more, I think a lot of people around the Cowboys organization are encouraged and optimistic about what Prescott is going to be into the future.